It's another week from the basement. We we do encourage you for this one to grab yourselves a nice bourbon or beer, pour yourself something nice and cold into a glass, and listen to this very special episode because we don't have a lot of uh, leagues to talk about, but we have a lot of things to cover. We have AFCON, the Asian Cup, we have um, domestic cup ties, and we have an egg ball national champion uh, Michigan Wolverines. We will be talking about them here shortly as Ted Lasso, a.k.a. Jim Harbaugh, makes his way to the Premier League, yes, sir, to coach some real football. But um, before we do that, I have here in my hand a nice uh, sniffer of um, Buffalo Trace, and I am excited and ecstatic to join, uh, to welcome to the podcast, as always, my co-host, my MVP, my main man, Nick, to the program for episode 15. Nick, how are you doing on this very cold Charleston Wednesday night, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm 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 excited. We uh we have a lot to cover. And yeah, it is uh, relatively cold. I got my Browns throwover on. I got my egg ball equipment. Um I'm sporting my egg ball equipment uh for the playoffs that's about to start here coming up. And uh yeah, man, not a lot of football, but we sure do have a lot to cover. I'll agree with you there. We we got plenty going on in the football world. So let's start off with um, I want as as people will hear on the intro music. Uh, we started off with the Michigan Wolverines fight song. So I want to congratulate first and foremost the Michigan Wolverines, fifteen and zero, undefeated, undisputed national champions. They are the Brock Lesnar of college football. Uh, total beasts. Took it out of, uh, made the game out of, uh, took it out of the question in the second half. And the only reason I mention this game is because I, I've loved Jim Harbaugh since he was a player for the Chicago Bears when I was a kid and then later on went on to play for the Indianapolis Colts. I respected him as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And I think he's just a great coach. If you take all sports out of it, basketball, baseball, football, tennis, whatever you call it, whatever sport you want to look at, hockey. He is just a great man, a great coach. Uh, I'll never forget how he drafted Marcus Lattimore, who was a projected top five overall pick in the, uh, I believe it was the 2013 NFL draft, if my memory serves me correctly, and his knee got blown up against the University of Tennessee, one of the most gruesome injuries in the history of college football. And Jim Harbaugh and the Niners drafted him in the fourth round, knowing he would probably never play a snap in the NFL, paid him his full rookie contract, got the San Francisco 49ers, which is a world-class organization with a world-class training staff, to rehab his knee basically for free and paid him his entire rookie contract for his first year. Jim Harbaugh is a class act. Nick, do you have anything to say uh, about uh, Michigan's victory over the Washington Huskies? To me, it was a 1990s throwback classic Rose Bowl matchup from you, from our youth, from you and I, when we were growing up, it was Washington and Michigan. Those were the Pac-10 and the Big Ten powers. Um, now, nothing to take away from Ohio State, but Ohio State had Jim John Cooper, who could never beat Michigan. He, he sucked ass as the Ohio State coach against Michigan. So it was always Michigan uh, and Lloyd Carr. In the, in the Rose Bowl, and then later, 97 national champs, and now they win their first national championship since 1997. This one is undisputed. This one is all theirs. And uh, so I just wanted to give them, at the start of the program, a shout-out to the uh, Michigan Wolverines. Go Blue. What are your thoughts on um, Jim Harbaugh and his Wolverines, Nick? 
Yeah, he's he's just a great coach. He's he's one of those guys where uh, you could plug him in probably anywhere, and uh, he's going to get with those players and connect with them and have them doing their job and doing it properly. So he, he's a plus to have anywhere. I I feel like he could excel in the top league. So kind of want to see what happens there but uh yeah congrats to michigan congrats to their fans uh me being my family's from cleveland i was raised buckeyes uh browns Cavs, indians um so you know i've always i was grown up to hate michigan but you know i never right. never really mattered i mean by the time i was old enough you know the, uh, to really get into stuff we had the uh infamous Miami and Buckeyes national championship game. I got to see the Buckeyes lose twice in the Outback Bowl in my like senior year, junior year, whatever it was. So I, I got to see some. You should, um, know, you should say who they lost to. Oh, to the to the University of South Carolina Gamecocks two years in a row. That's right. Tell me, tell me how funny that is. A Buckeye fan in Columbia, South Carolina, having to be surrounded with a bunch of. Gamecock fans screaming in your face because they're happy of an Outback Bowl. Well, I will say we had Jim Trestle, and Trestle took us to a national – I say us like I care. Uh, but anyways, uh, took us to a national title that was bought by the Ohio State Booster Club. And uh, they beat Miami. And, and I, I say all that to say I don't care anymore. I'm glad Michigan won. I, I did watch. At work, I had it on TV, and I watched the first half. It was kind of a slow night. Uh, mainly people are going to sports bars, not Thai places. And uh, yeah. Michigan, Jim Harbaugh just game plan properly, man. He he had it figured out. He stopped Phoenix or whatever his name was, the uh, quarterback for Washington, and uh, shut him down, had him looking flustered. And um, we had ourselves close game at halftime, but then Michigan rolled away with it, and um, you got your national title, uh, national title team in Michigan. It should have been an indicator when they beat Ohio State that Mi- Michigan was probably going to win the national title. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I I said to you, I I actually searched through my text thread and I found it where we were talking. Whenever I brought up the cheating allegations for Michigan, we were both like, "Dude, let's watch them win it all." And to this to to today, I'm just glad that that was said because boy, we were right. I mean, they, the Michigan did not stop once they beat Ohio state, they were for real. And, uh, they beat Alabama. And I want to say this real quick. I just saw this, but Nick Saban's retiring. So, um, that is a wow. big deal too. So, That's huge uh, news. Nick, yeah. so Alabama's yeah. about to go. Alabama will probably be investigated now. Finally for NCAA violations for the last 15 years, they'll probably be on five years probation and Alabama yeah. will probably lose to Auburn for the uh, eight out of ten years in the next decade, and they'll have so many. Uh, they'll probably be uh, near the death penalty uh, in terms of uh, what happened yeah. to SMU because Al- Alabama has been cheating for two decades now years. under Saban, <laughs> and it, it'll, they weren't going to do it until he retired. So we'll yeah. see how many national titles he gets stripped of, how many Heisman's get stripped. We'll see um, because they're not going to investigate while he's still there because they they're afraid of him, but. Um, uh, enough Alabama hate, but but Harbaugh yeah. uh, got the last laugh on um, Nick Saban. And honestly, uh, as a South Carolina Gamecocks fan, I love to see Saban retire with a loss. That was fantastic. I'm glad he's going yeah. out on a losing uh, on, on on a losing note. Um, I do not like the guy. Um, he is uh, 
he, he's one of those guys that took that takes the easy way out. And um, yeah, so Alabama was a program. You know, you 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 failed at Miami, the Miami Dolphins, I should say, not the Hurricanes. Miami Dolphins failed there miserably, and then walks into Alabama, which is basically the the, the premier program in the SEC. And yeah. yeah, he rebuilds it within one year because how can you not? You you, you know yeah. you're going to get recruits based on your name. All you have to do is hire a competent defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, call the shots, and you have a dynasty. And so that's what he did. Yeah. But um, with the Georgia losses the last couple of years, you couple that with Michigan um, taking care of business, and yeah, so Nick Saban um, kind of like. Bill Belichick a little bit is ending um, here on a, on a kind of a sour note, but uh, Nick, I want to present something just kind of fun to you. If there were ever a situation where you would have a Ted Lasso in real life, right? So you're taking a American egg ball coach and placing him in the premier league to, to manage a, an English football club. Uh, the thing that makes Ted Lasso great is not – he has no idea about football. He never actually does understand the offside rule, and he doesn't know that it, it, it takes him a while to learn that it's a pitch and that cleats are called boots and all this stuff. But the guy – like I, I had this fun scenario with you this week, and I said Jim Harbaugh is the one guy that could probably, if he had a good training staff, a good coaching staff, management staff under him in the Premier League – as a man manager, he would probably be fantastic managing a Premier League club. He's the one guy that I could say, yeah, he's he's a real life Ted Lasso without all the goofiness and all that shit that Ted Lasso does to make us try to laugh. Jim Harbaugh is a great, as I said, you take all you 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 encompass all sports. He's a great coach. His players love him. They play for him. They fight for him. They win for him. They've done it in the NFL. They've done it in college. Um, twice now, Stanford. He re- let's not forget he rebuilt Stanford. Yeah, big time. Yeah, he so brought. I just wanted to present that to you. How you would see Jim Harbaugh taking over Crystal Palace? How that how that looks? I mean, it it, it sounds amazing, man. Because he would probably do very well. I mean, we talked about it. And uh, as long as he surrounded himself with the guys who knew the game properly, he could probably bring someone. You know, like that. Say he went to Middlesbrough and and got and he could possibly get him promoted or something. I mean, he is such a good uh, player coach that I believe he could connect with those players and do a decent job. I mean, sure, it's kind of crazy to talk about and it's not going to happen, but I mean, he's that good. I mean, the guy that just like you said, Stanford, which is a school not known for football for egg ball. He got them to a winning program and brought them back to life, let alone got Michigan to beat Georgia – or not beat Georgia, beat Alabama and beat Washington for the national title and beat Ohio State in a big game. So why couldn't he coach Crystal Palace to some victories over United or Arsenal or somebody like that? I mean, he could. You know, He's that good with players. That that's my thing is um you know I I presented the scenario to you that he would he would he would yell at Salah for being selfish in bad situations he would yep. tell Allison to stop being an idiot in, in the goal and, and and coming you know thirty yards or off his line he would um yell at Trent to to stay in the midfield and stop you know uh, trying to be a a, a wannabe defender and um, yeah he probably uh, shipped Tiago off somewhere because that guy you know 
can't stay healthy for more than two seconds. So, yeah, um, yeah great man manager. And uh, like I said, his players absolutely go to war for him. And that says a lot, right? Because he's done it now with three different programs, uh, that being Stanford, Michigan, and the 49ers. He's done it at both the amateur level and the professional level. He's, he's been in the Super Bowl. And uh, the only person that's beaten him in the Super Bowl was the other Hallball, his brother. Yeah. So, that was, and that yeah, was a very close game that probably yeah. – that's the one where the lights went off in the Superdome and yeah. the Niners, if I'm not mistaken, were beating their ass. And so I think a lot of the momentum shifted to Baltimore after that. I, it's, it's, that is a weird Super Bowl because the power yeah. went out. Yeah. Now, if the power doesn't go out, maybe the 49ers and Colin Kaepernick win the Super Bowl and Jim Harbaugh maybe never leave San Francisco because he's going to build a dynasty instead of getting into an argument with management. But I digress. I think he's a great guy. I think I, I just wanted to to give out my personal uh, congratulations because I think he's a hell of a man. I think he's a hell of a coach. And, um, you know, whoever gets him next, whether that's Michigan stays with Michigan or – um, uh, manages Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> I, I kid. <laughs> or he goes to, as you said, maybe back home to the Chicago Bears. Uh, they're they're going to be very very fortunate to have him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely a good guy, and and he's someone you want on your side. I uh, we know that when lights get cut off in sporting events, that there is ninety eight percent chance that it's a rigging or something is being fixed or messed with. We know that it's a proven fact. I sent you a video short on it was happening in England and it was proven the, where the guy who was guarding the electricity was in on the, the fix and he would cut off lights and then matches would have to be like postponed or something. And it was always after the first half. So the bet would stay put or stay in action and then the guy then they would win the bet because the game could be uh abandoned because the lights wouldn't work so i i think it's a conspiracy but it probably did happen and someone cut off those lights but man harbaugh that was the harbaugh super bowl i absolutely forgot that it was the brothers against each other good good one there yeah first time in in and only time history. in history so far yeah yeah well, um, Nick, I wanted to switch topics real quick and get back to real football, not egg ball, but the round one yes. and the one that you play with uh, your feet 99% of the time. So we had some um, – I want you to update everyone real quick. Uh, this was an off week for the leagues uh, with the exception of a few. Uh, give us an update real quick on the cup ties. There were some uh, League Cup, FA Cup matches, and uh, just wanted you to point out – if you had some, were there any surprises, any upsets? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like Manchester United took care of business, beat Wigan, Liverpool took care of Arsenal, which was a huge match in the FA Cup. But, um, yeah, want your uh, your take on this week's action and the domestic stuff for these cup ties. Yeah, man, we, uh, we actually had a big upset. Uh, well, I think too, man, I, I think Liverpool with the – the side that they fielded and and actually listening to the match, I was on my way to my nephew's one-year birthday party. Uh, so I listened to the match on the drive to Palmeria Chapin area. And Arsenal should have been up maybe 3-4-0. And, and they couldn't finish their, uh, finish their dinner. And Liverpool answered after Klopp made subs in the second half. And Liverpool beat Arsenal 2-0. 
and um, Arsenal fans are are crying and screaming for Arteta's head already and blah, blah, blah. But we already know how they are. And then another surprise, uh, Middlesbrough beat Chelsea in the uh, EFL first leg. So Middlesbrough scored a goal for the first time in 19 years against Chelsea. And Chelsea could not finish. They didn't field a striker. No striker on the pitch until like the 70th minute, I think. And they started Palmer, who is not a striker. And uh, they started him at striker, and it it just didn't work. Um, And Middlesbrough beat them 1-0. Um, so they have a little bit of work to do in the second leg that, that being the EFL cup, the Carabao cup, it's a two leg, which is being changed next year. It'll be one leg, but that will go to, um, to Stanford bridge where we will see them either get kicked out by Middlesbrough and we see Middlesbrough in a final against probably Liverpool, or we can see Chelsea play probably Liverpool. Liverpool took care of business today. I know you're not a big fan of all the cups. I, I figured we'd chat about that a little bit maybe. And um, they won 2-1. Yep. to one. They they went down. Willen scored a goal in the first half. And then Chelsea, uh, Liverpool answered uh, two goals relatively quickly in the second half uh, consecutively, like scored in the – 50 60th and then and then not two three minutes later they scored again Curtis Jones and then um I think uh Cody Gakbo yeah Gakbo scored and he yeah so so that was two consecutive three minutes apart 60 68th minute and 71st yeah so really quick so what it looks like it's either going to be a layup for Liverpool in the final if it's Middlesbrough so Liverpool basically win the league cup which they already have they hold the record for the most amount of league cups won in history so yeah. they would just add to that total. Or yeah. it's going to be a repeat of two years ago where they faced Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea, and zero, zero. that's probably going to be a nil-nil yeah. draw with yeah. nil-nil and extra time and go back yeah. to penalties, which will be yeah. – you know. But if they play Middlesbrough, they'll probably win 3-0. They'll put the starting 11 out there that you would see in a um, – for a cup final, uh, Klopp will start a um, – the same starting 11 he would play against Man City in the league. Yeah. No, I agree with you, man. He'll yeah. – he'll, He'll field he'll field a team like it was Champions League final, you know, and and just win the thing. Yeah. I I hundred percent. You got you if you're in the final, you gotta you gotta bring home the silverware. Right? Yeah, you bring and it. You, yeah, you, you, bring you it. called it. I mean, you called it today. They're gonna they're favored probably to win one of these cups. I mean, um, silverware silverware trophy is a trophy. You add that to the to the to the case no matter what. So Liverpool have to be the favorites now with the win over Fulham uh, yeah. to win the league the Carabao Cup the League Cup. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and Chelsea should respond. I mean, they were in Middlesbrough. They didn't start a good team. They were playing crap, and uh, they didn't even have a striker on the pitch. Not that they really even have one. Uh, we'll just say that. Uh, well, Jackson's at AFCON, and I think they brought on uh, the Albanian in like the 65th or something, and it just it just doesn't work, man. They 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 can't finish their chances. And Palmer is not a striker, dude. Did you see Pep playing Palmer at the ten, at the the nine striker? No. So it just it was a disaster. I think Liverpool are going to probably sneak away with two cups very quietly. You don't hear a lot of a lot of fans really talking about them much. Um, but I see that I, I think Liverpool could possibly win both. In the other draw, they have they they have it not. 
you know, they don't have it very difficult, you know, like city drew Tottenham. And I think I forget who Liverpool drew, but I mean, it's, it's a, it's a winnable game. Um, so yeah, you, like you said, man, they're going to be the favorite to win the, the league cup, the, the Carabao. And then I think they could possibly win the FA too. I, I think if city get knocked out against Tottenham, then it's going to be, um, it's going to be, uh, Liverpool's to lose. So, FA Cup third round, I have to mention this because they are a hot topic in especially, well, in Wales, certainly where they are based out of, but certainly in the United States because of who their owners are and the money that's been pumped into them. But Wrexham is still alive after a 1-0 win over Shrewsbury. They will advance to the third, the fourth round yeah. of the FA Cup. So any yeah. thoughts on that one? They play. I think I saw who they play. They play someone decent, though. They're they're they'll be knocked out. There's just no way. There's there's just no way they but get. Shrewsbury's in. not a huge upset. Shrewsbury's fifteenth place in League One, and Wrexham are, you know, near the top in League Two. So yeah, it's but they not play a Black, huge upset. They play, they play Blackburn, and Blackburn's not that bad of a side. They're minus one fifty. They score a lot of goals. I Wrexham's going to lose this one. I don't see them. I don't see them winning that. Um, so you have a couple of third round replays. You have um, before. So Wolves and Brentford have to replay. Yeah. Bolton and Luton Town, Birmingham City and Hull City, Eastleigh and Newport County, Bristol City, West Ham, Blackpool, Nottingham Forest, uh, Everton, Crystal Palace, and Norwich City and Bristol Rovers. Yeah, West Ham could not get the job done against Bristol City. But the, no. the, the draws you're talking about for the fourth round, uh, Coventry and Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Blackburn, Wrexham, as you said, West Brom is to be decided who their opponents will be. Sheffield United and Brighton, Bournemouth, Swansea, Fulham, Newcastle, Watford, Southampton, Chelsea, and Aston Villa, Leeds, Plymouth, Argyle, Ipswich Town, and Maidstone United. Man United waiting on theirs. Leicester City waiting on theirs. Liverpool still to be decided. And then there's a couple of TBDs. And then, yes, Tottenham and Man City. That's the big matchup for the fourth round. So both of those clubs unlucky to draw each other. That'll be a premier matchup in the fourth round. But I would definitely say, I don't know if Liverpool are the favorites to win the FA Cup, uh, but they're definitely the favorites to win the League Cup. I would I would agree with you on that 100%. Yeah, no, for sure. And, it, you know, we'll, we'll have a better pitcher coming up here in the next, after the next round, but you still got to, yeah, I mean, we both know Liverpool's top four got to be easily top two to win that. City, Pool, Tottenham, I mean, they, they just, they're always, for whatever competition clops in, I always give them a chance. I don't care if it's, you know, the, uh, the hacky sack race at, you know, his birthday celebration. Like I give him a chance for anything. So yeah, man, we, we, we had cups and, and, uh, the English cups are kind of winding, winding down a little bit. And, uh, we, um, we had some, uh, some upsets I feel with Middlesbrough, man. I, I, no one saw that. A lot of people are upset in the Vegas world. Um, Chelsea was a big favorite and couldn't even score a goal. So, um, definitely some surprises and, and we got some more coming up, man. Uh, I'm not too big of a fan of all these cups, but it does give us football. So I will say that, but I feel like it's a little bit too much. Um, uh, but that's a whole nother, whole nother thing, man. Well, I want to talk about Serie A real quick. They did play last weekend and you had, uh, Inter 
and Juventus, the top two clubs in Serie A, both falling behind early to much, much lesser competition, and both of them rally. Inter scores in the 90th plus three to go ahead two to one. Uh, Fratesi scores, and that's how it would end two to one as uh, Lataro opened the scoring in the 13th minute, only to see Verona equalize in the 74th. And yeah, they um, they, they they get the three points, and then Ju- Juve to not be outdone. They fall behind to last place Salernitana in the 39th minute, one uh, nil. And then uh, Ealing Jr. and then Vlahovic, 90th plus one, they score. What also is eerie is the fact that both Salonitana and Hellas Verona, both of the clubs that were heavy underdogs and both took the lead and then both ended up losing two to one, they both got red cards in the second half. So not only were Juventus and Inter victorious, but also their opponents who they came from behind to beat they they were down to 10 men at one point in the match. Uh, for Inter, it was much, much later in the match. It was actually the 90th plus five, but it's still the second half, I have to mention it. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there are, mind you, uh, Juventus and Salonitana are separated by a whopping 34 points in the table, Nick, and they barely beat them. They had to uh, have a Vlahovic 90th plus one winner to beat the last place team in the table and AC Milan also drew with them 2-2 just a couple weeks ago so Salonitana uh putting up a fight they are definitely uh getting clobbered in in the table as it stands with points but they're not going out with a whimper they're they're fighting for their for their survival here the other one we talked about last week that would be big Roma and Atalanta both goals scored in the first half look like we're gonna have a nice action pack Serie A match but uh Cope Miners eighth minute and then Paulo Dybala equalized with a penalty, and then nothing. For the next uh, 50 minutes, we had nothing. It ends in a 1-1 draw, so neither team really benefits off of it. And uh, do you have any thoughts to Serie A last weekend? Kind of uh, with the exception of those two close calls for Juve and Inter, it was uh, business as usual, really. Yeah, I mean, I I texted you when Vlava uh, Dusan scored that late goal, and I said they just – he just saved Juve's chances for any type of competition for the title or, or because without that win, they were going to be five five points back. And now being only two points separated, you can still kind of keep your eye on the league, you know? So that was kind of my, my big focal point. I mean, I have to say, man, Juve haven't lost a match since, you know, 2023, talking about September. So they've they've been on a roll, man, and I, I know we're we're Inter Milan over here, but you you got yourself a, a heck of a heck of a little competition at the top, man. I, I mean, one slip up from Inter, which isn't yeah. probable, and you got yourself a, a, a race here. So we we've been keeping our eye on this league for a reason, and this is exactly why because Juve and Allegri just aren't stepping down, man. Other teams are floundering. But Juve and Inter are pulling it out of their behinds, and they are winning, coming back. I want to see more consistency out of Roma. I would like to see the Mourinho effect really take into into effect. But, of course, a lot of people say that the game has passed him by, and he's he's out of his his, – over his head now. But, you know, they sit in eighth place right now. We were just talking about them a couple weeks ago being in fourth. Now they're in eighth, uh, 29 points. They're 10 points behind Milan. That is their opponents, by the way. This is a chance for them making a statement. You had Napoli last week. They get the draw. 
Sunday, January 14th, 2.45 p.m., you have Roma and Milan. So that is a that's a that's a big, big matchup for them. They have a chance to make another statement. And you know, it's at the San Siro, so they're and in Milan, but it you know, it's this is this is the kind of situation that Mourinho lives for, you know, underdog playing a a, a, a club that you're supposedly out, outmatched against. And you know, this is the one I, I look these are the matches that he needs to win. Yeah. Yeah, he he had a stinker today in Copa Italia. I know we don't talk about Copa Italia much, but yeah, I, I feel like with them being kicked out of that, now more focus can be put on this league. Uh, the those few those few spots, man, the the top three, what three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like they're all only separated by what three, five points. So if any of these teams catch fire, like like Jose and Roma, then they can move right on up. You know, we we talked about that last time. This isn't like a, a a league where you lose or if you lose two games, you know, you kind of fall out of that middle spot. But if, if other teams lose one or two also, you can catch right back up. It's all very close. And uh, I would love to see Jose to come back. I, he's the great one, man. I mean, the guy, you got to think he makes his adjustments with the time. Uh, he has. So he's not doing that bad. Uh, I, I agree with you, though. I want to see more consistency from Roma. I like what they're doing. They can't afford Lukaku on a straight-out buy, so apparently he's going to be going back to Chelsea. Um, so they need to make this happen now. They're, they're going to lose some firepower, man, and, and it well, is, is, is going to change. The reason it's it was fun. a stinker is because in the Coppa Italia today is because it was a – it was the Roma derby. I mean, this is what it was. It was Lazio and Roma. Yeah. Lazio get the better of them. 51st minute, three red cards handed out in the final five minutes of the match. You had Pedro, 90th plus six, Osmoon, 90th plus 10, and Mancini, 90th plus 11. So Roma get two red cards in the span of one minute, and there were three red cards handed out in the span of five. Just a, a complete disaster at the very end of this match. But what's worse is you lost to your rivals. And this was, like I said, this was a derby in the Coppa Italia quarterfinal. And Roma are now exiting that tournament. And it yeah. looks like, yeah, Lazio is to be decided. They're waiting on the winner of Juventus and Frosinone. And then in the other leg, it's uh, Fiorentina and Atalanta. Atalanta took care of Milan today. Yeah. And it was uh, for Fiorentina. Five to four over the uh, upstart Bologna. Yesterday they won on penalties, and Bologna yeah. is, of course, optimistic at potentially getting a top four spot and advancing the Champions League. So, um, yeah. you know they're they're making some noise this year. Bologna is a very interesting club, man. You know um, they Agreed. they have a lot of aspirations, and they're not going to be one of those clubs where you see this happen year in, year out. This is like a once in 15 or 20 year type of thing because you have to get the chemistry right. They don't have the finances. They don't have the funds. Yeah. They don't have the money. They don't have the sponsors. Yep. And so if you get that team, you expect them to be picked apart. They're going to be bought. They're going to be sold. And the only way that you are, excuse me, the only way that you are able to Repeat that as if you reinvest extremely well and those players work out. They don't become busts like a Usman Dembele for Barcelona or a um, Maximilian Philip for Dortmund or someone like that. So yeah. you need for them to to actually work out. So you, you, you wish Bologna the best, but um, 
what are your thoughts on them right now? Now they're out of the domestic cup. So does this strengthen their chances maybe at making top four since they, they really don't have anything else to play for at this point? I mean, yeah, you got to think it has to be be a little bit better off now. I mean, they, they've been on kind of a skid, man. I mean, Udinese beat them 3-0, and then they couldn't beat Genoa uh, this last uh, match in round 19. And uh, it really took – it took a last-second goal just to get the draw. So they're, they're not – Things aren't looking as up as they were. I mean, they were pretty lights out for like six, seven matches, and now they've they've been eliminated from Copa Italia, and they lost three nil, and then they drew one one to Genoa, which is a side that isn't you know it's not Juve or Inter or anything, but still you expected them to get a win there, and uh, they have dropped to fifth while Fiorentina has bumped up a spot. I'm, I'm with you, man. I've been following football. For some time now, and I've never seen Bologna this high up. I've never seen it, and I would love to see them get into Champions League. It's just something I want to see. We always see Roma. You always see Lazio. You always see Inter, AC Milan, Juve. Let's get Bologna in there. Let's get let's get them in there. I've seen Atlantia too, but you know what I'm saying. I, I would love to see that club get in there. This is interesting too. I want to because you 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 said since you've been following. Since you've been following, you've also never seen Napoli this far down. And what's even more remarkable is they are the defending champions. They are the defending champions of a league they have not won since Diego Maradona was in Naples. And the very next season at the 19 match day mark, so this is the exact midpoint of the Serie A season, they find themselves in ninth place. Now, I will say with a caveat, here's the thing. The difference between Fiorentina in fourth and Napoli in ninth is a mere five points. Fiorentina has 33. Bologna is right behind them in fifth place with 32. Atalanta has 30. Lazio has 30. Roma has 29. And Napoli has 28. And if you want to go even further than that, Torino has 27. They're in 10th place. And Monza, who's in 11th place, has 25. So eight points, eight points. It drops off a little bit with Genoa at 12. Eight points separate third from 11th, Nick. Yeah. No, it's – it's. I mean, it's it's a close one. Like I was saying, This man, might be the most interesting league in, in Europe this year. Yeah. No, I agree. From top to bottom. I mean, you're talking about from first to 10th. It's all so very close. I mean, we could we could totally ignore this league for like two weeks and then start talking about it, and there could be totally different people at the top. You know what I'm saying? Like we could just black it out for two weeks and have them go through three or four rounds, and then it could be totally different. Napoli could be in third. Roma could be in eighth. Torino could be in fifth. It's just that close. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it seems like there's – it's like the stock market. There's movement every single week. I mean, you yeah. like I said, Roma was in fourth place just a couple of weeks ago. Now they're in eighth. And so and, – and that's the thing is, is the number next to their name is deceiving because you have to look at the points and the points that separate with 19 match days left between – third place and 10th place or 11th place, it's anybody's guess. Yes, Inter and Juve are running away with first and second, but that's that's it. I mean, third through 11th, there is no other league right now that is this competitive where everything changes, it seems like, on a week-to-week basis. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're rivaling uh, 
our German league, man, you know, our second tier, even they're, they're rivaling. It's, it's, uh, it's a great league that we got blessed with this year. I agree. I, I don't Napoli, man. I just, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I've, I've been talking about it for three weeks. Like I have about with Newcastle and just something isn't right, man. Something isn't right. Something's off. I don't know if it's manager, the, the locker room, but clearly something, something's going on. You got Napoli and Newcastle, those two teams in turmoil. And I feel like one or both of them is going to be getting rid of their manager and things are going to be changing because they, these aren't clubs that are just okay with staying down. Like you said, man, they just won freaking, uh, the, the Scudetto. I've never seen that. And then here they are crashing and burning in the middle of the season and and it's just not like them I mean they had such a good year last season I mean everyone was so happy for them and then you get this I, I just something's wrong man something's well, really wrong and we go real quick over to uh Spain to the Copa del Rey and we had basically it was chalk all the way across in the Copa del Rey except for one match and that was Unionistas beat Villarreal seven to six in penalties um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what league Unionistas is in. I think the they, they're they're under the second. They're, they're like in uh, the Primera Federación. So yeah, they, the federation. Yeah, yeah. They're they're the table. The leaders of that table are Celta Vigo two. So they're yeah. the team. So there's oh by the way. So there's Deportivo La Coruña. The actual senior team is in this in sixth place. Those are my. That's actually my club in Spain. I just have not been keeping up with the. I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't keep up with the third and fourth here in Spain. So cut me, cut me some slack. Yeah. On that one, I, I'm sorry. But Unionistas beat Villarreal. They now have the pleasure of facing Barcelona in yeah. the uh, quarter or the round of 16. It looks like. And yeah, everything else, man. Um, Getafe plays Sevilla Athletic Club plays Alaves, Tenerife plays Mallorca, Osasuna, Real Sociedad, mm-hmm. Valencia, Celta Vigo, Girona plays Volcano, and this was the big one, Atletico versus Real in the um, the match of that round, which will be the round of 16. But yeah, Unionistas, it's going to come to a quick end on Wednesday, January 17th. That's next Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> uh, as they will, they will go to Barcelona and get absolutely manhandled, probably 9-0 or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And if I'm not, uh, you say they go to Barcelona. I think it's at actually, yeah, no, it's at Unionistas. I'm sorry. Yeah, they, they, yeah so, no, so they'll, my, my fault. yeah, no, yeah, they'll be playing in a stadium that has the capacity of like 8K. Um, gonna be a good one, man. I, I do want to say you said that at the Atleti match, Madrid, Real Madrid, and five thousand seat capacity. Yeah, exactly. I, I figured. I guess just about five or eight. Um, we got a w- real quick. The Super Cup for Spain was today, the first round, and we got a thriller in Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, a two, um, three, three final, and then extra time, uh, two late goals by Real Madrid to get the winner there. So these two teams hate each other. Blood is shed on the pitch mm-hmm. for these two, and we get we had. We had it today, and we get blessed with another one for the Copa del Rey. So that they're they're going to be playing each other a lot yeah. in, um, in 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 the coming weeks, 
and, and months. And, and it's not over yet in the league either. They'll have to play each other again there. But yeah, yeah. the Super Cup and then also in the uh, Copa del Rey. Copa del Rey. Um, in the Coup de France, uh, PSG, um, I mean, on Sunday, they won 9-0. to nil. Yeah, they played just, a Just a joke. Um, yeah. So I'm looking at the next matchups here. There's then round of 62 here. Lyon's still alive there. Nantes playing Stade Laval. Monaco's still alive. Brest. Paris FC. Uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk is playing LaPieF.43 Le, Le Avernon. Aver, yeah. LaPieF.43. Yeah, Le, Le, Le 4,000 um, stadium. 4,800 fit there. Interesting club. Bordeaux and Nice. Um, uh, Orléans versus PSG. So PSG will get a, probably another 9 0 win there. Toulouse, yeah. Clermont, Fletch, Strasbourg, Sochaux, and Rems. And um, yeah, I mean, this, the, yeah, the big one here probably in that round is going to be uh, Rennes versus Marseille. That's yeah. uh, Sunday, January 21st. But yeah, we won't get to the business end of things in the uh, Coup de France until um, the, the spring when it starts to, we, we start getting rid of some of these minnows that are in there. Yeah, definitely. Like the the last eight. I mean, you got teams that are in literally the fourth tier that are still in this. I mean, fifth, fourth tier. I mean, it's 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 going to be some more slaughters before we get to see some real competition. So that's moving right along. Yeah, and there were no cup fixtures in Germany. That does not pick back up again until January 30th. We have 30th, 31st, and then we have the 6th and 7th of February. These are pretty good. You have um, Leverkusen and Stuttgart play. That's the big one. Hertha Berlin playing Kaiser Slaughter. So nice to see both of those clubs still advance, uh, still in the tournament at this point. And another second second tier club hosting another second tier club is FC St. Pauli in Düsseldorf. And then third tier, Saarbrücken is playing Mönchengladbach. So you know what? No Bayern, no Dortmund, no Leipzig. There's going to be a new champion this year, Nick. And that is kind of cool that someone, possibly a second tier side, will be in the Europa League from Germany next season. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's thrilling. God, I love to see it. I, I see it. So I see it in South America because just like the way that Germany does it, South America does it with their cups. And I got to see an Argentinian side that was in the second tier play in Copa Libertadores. And I mean, they didn't do too bad of a job, shockingly, but uh, it, I got to see it there. I would love to see someone out of the second tier of Germany. Uh, I would love to see someone in Europa. Oh my God, that would be just—I've never seen that before. Wouldn't it be something? I mean, Saarbrücken is in the third tier. They've upset Bayern Munich, and if they could upset the team that typically upsets Bayern Munich, which is Gladbach, they would then be in the semifinal. And I mean, you just root for something like this because there's no other path for you to get into Europe in the second or third tier other than to win your domestic cup. That's it. Yeah, and yeah, no other. The, yeah. the, the and it wouldn't be the conference league; it would be the Europa League. It's a direct. You would have a minimum of six matches against pretty damn good European competition. That yeah. gives those fans, man. Saarbrücken hasn't had anything to celebrate in thirty years. They were last in the Bundesliga, like ninety two, ninety three. It's been thirty years since they were relegated. They have never made it back up. Can you imagine if you were born in like? 1989 and like you know your 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 club your your little kid five years old your club gets relegated and then the next thing you have to really look forward to but when you're in your 30s 
and your club makes it to the Europa League by the most unbelievable. This is some FIFA type stuff. This is some yeah. some literally some video game type shit, right? Where yeah, yeah you, you take over a club in the third tier and you win the domestic cup, and then you get promoted to the second tier next year, or you stay in the third tier, but because you won the domestic cup, you're in the damn Europa League playing you know, Arsenal or, or, or Man United or, you know, whoever else, Sevilla. That, that's, that's insane to think about this. But Kaiser Slaughter, former German giant, um, yeah. uh, FC St. Pauli, Dusseldorf, Stuttgart, former German giant, obviously playing well this season. But, Lever, you know, Leverkusen hasn't won a DFB call in, in, in a while. You know, the, the, like there's going to be some fresh blood. And it was nice seeing Leipzig win it back-to-back years. And, um, but this is, I mean, for some of these clubs, it's going to be uncharted territory. Yeah. You know, Starbrook and when they beat Bayern Munich, I remember we had a show to do that, that night. And it was just mind blowing, uh, that they actually won that match. And, and I see them in the third tier, man, you know, I follow third tier and they aren't the best there, but just to see them this make it this far and then for them to have the chance to be in a European competition is just mind blowing for me. You know, you have seen them in the top tier. I know it's been a long time, but for someone like me, I had no clue that they were a historic club or like, you know, someone like Kaiser Slauzen was in top tier, like stuff like that. I just, I have no clue about because I'm, you know, just new to following this stuff, but you know that they have a history. And for me to see these teams do stuff like this is just mind blowing, man. I, I would love from Pauli to Kaiser Slauzen to Dusseldorf to Starbrook and any of those, I hope they win the, the DFB Pokal. I really do, man. That, that would make my year. So, I mean, you say that I, I mean, I remember vaguely Starbrook and being in the Bundesliga. I mean, it was 92, 93. So I was, yeah, I was, I was, um, what was I 10, 11 at that time. So, but they weren't competitive. I mean, but they were there, but it, you know, you, it's different. Even if you're not competitive, if you're in the top tier, if you're in the first tier, you, you're playing Bayern, you're playing Dortmund, you're playing, uh, at that time, um, you know, Nuremberg, you're playing Frankfurt, you're playing Werder Bremen, who was a powerhouse at that time. Stuttgart powerhouse. Kaiser Slaughter was a powerhouse at that time. So you, you, you're playing uh big club after big club, after big club, you get relegated down. I mean, Saarbrücken, is in the third tier. They were down in the fourth for, I mean, they were, they were lower than they were amateur yeah, status. They were you know? so 100%. Uh, yeah. You gotta be rooting for them. You just have to. Yeah. You got no choice. I agree, man. I don't, I hope, I hope Gladbach and, and all the other big boys get knocked out. I just do. I just, I want to see, I want to see a final with the little little ones, and I, I want to see one of them get to Europa. I've never seen this before in my life. I mean, South yeah. America, sure, but not with not with a top five league in, on the planet. DFB Pokal is definitely um, very very odd this year. It's off, and it's really nice to see. It's a really nice change of scenery. Um, let's switch over real quick to some transfers and i wanted to talk to you about this because we last time we checked um or last time we 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 spoke about this we've had a little bit of movement since not a lot though but i will say for instance in the time that we last spoke we have uh tilo carer 
who was a uh, little Schalke legend a couple of years ago. He's now playing for West Ham. Well, he just went on loan to Monaco. So Tilo Kerr, decent name in German football. I mean, he's not uh, – I, I believe he's had a couple of international caps. And, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that just um, – Hasn't seemingly been able to break out. He played for PSG for a hot minute. He was there. And, yeah, uh, yeah, now for West Ham, but now loaned out to Monaco. And also, you broke this news to me the other day. We have to talk about – well, one of these – I want to say one of these we we talked about um, last week or the week before, and that's uh, Tajan Buchanan the Canadian uh, phenom, yeah. 21 years old, from Club Bruges to enter. That one we said was probably likely to go through. It did, in fact, go through on January 5th. That was made official. But the, the one that intrigues me the most is Timo Vanner making a return to the Premier League back to London, where he yeah. was previously. So he starts off as a phenom from Stuttgart. He goes to RB Leipzig. He goes from there to Chelsea, goes back to RB Leipzig after failing at Chelsea, and now he's going to one of Chelsea's arch rivals, Tottenham Hotspur. Nick, what do you think about this move? It's only a loan, but does Leipzig who 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 gains loses more? Is Leipzig losing more or is Tottenham gaining more with this move? I, I like it, man. I mean, I never was a big fan of Timo. Timo's the guy I would pick on with with Morata because you know four or five years ago they would miss the side of a barn you know Martial Timo Werner and and Morata I would just be dissing and talking trash about because they couldn't hit the side of a barn now Morata's firing on all cylinders Timo Werner's getting another chance at Tottenham and uh uh it's funny um what's his name is getting loaned out uh, no one cares about him anymore. Martial's getting loaned out apparently. But anyways, uh, I like the move, man. I think this is different. Chelsea is a a den of sadness and despair for a lot of players. Just sometimes it doesn't work out for people at Chelsea. And we can look at Pulisic. He's doing good for Milan. He did good for BVB. Uh, Timo Werner, I feel like, can be someone who goes to Tottenham and does a good job. I mean, think about it. The quickness, the pace, him and Son – up top, Richarlson there, you know, he can come off, you know, Kulishevsky, Kulu. Uh, it it sounds like it could possibly work, man. And and as long as Timo can can get his finishing a little bit better and, and just, just finish a, a few more than he was at Chelsea, I mean, it's going to be a positive. I don't see this as too much of a loss for Leipzig. I mean, I feel like they can replace a lot easier than Tottenham. I think you can agree with me. They have a better farming system. They're in a better family of teams. They could just get someone from Salzburg or or purchase someone with ease. Tottenham, Daniel Levy, you don't see him making very many big moves. Um, I like this. When I saw it, I immediately – I mean, I saw it in the morning. I immediately texted you because him being German too, I I was like, man, you'll love this. And uh, I I think it's a good one, man. I think it's going to work. Um, Tottenham needs a finisher. I mean, they had a hard time the other day finishing. They they counted on a Poro rocket to to get them the win. So Timo Werner up front, I'll go for it, man. I, I like it. I, I give it a I give it an A plus, man. Okay, I want to throw some rumors your way. This is from the BBC, so these are 
not just this is not just some yeah this isn't Jim in his basement yeah this isn't just Jim in his basement this isn't just Jim in his basement this is from the BBC and this is dated uh, January 10th 2024 so these are real I wanted your take on this let's start with the top Real Madrid assessing Erling Holland and signing him as they are now um, believing that they may not be able to secure Kylian Mbappe Erling Holland to Real Madrid Nick there's no way. I mean, I guess there is a way, but I mean, this this won't happen for a little bit, you know. Um, would I like it? Eh. I mean, it's the mutant, you know. Wherever he goes, he's going to get you fifty a, a calendar year. Uh, do I think it'll really happen? Not anytime soon. Okay, so you're saying no to that one. Uh, Chelsea midfielder Connor Gallagher is a top target for Spurs. So again, yeah. arch rivals looking at uh, signing one of their other arch rivals uh, midfielders. Looks like Spurs want to bring in a midfielder here in January. So Chelsea's already said they'd be willing to do a deal for him for the right price. Um, yeah. So I mean, I would look at that and say that's a big win for Tottenham if they can secure him. What do you think the likelihood yeah. of that happening is? I think it's I I watched a lot of Chelsea content and I feel like they think it's going to happen. They've been talking about getting rid of Gallagher for some time now and it's funny he he just started playing a lot better this past season. So I think it it could happen and I think it's a good move for him right now. I mean Tottenham being more so on the up, but he'll fit I think he would fit right in also. I mean Connor's not a bad player. I mean of course he's not, you know, Iniesta or anything, but the guy right. is is a decent player. Very few are Iniesta. Very few. Yeah, that that is very true. Yeah, I, I, that's a bad comparison. But yes, I I think it's I, I think it's a good move for Tottenham. I agree with you there, man. Good for Toddy and and Chelsea. It's just they they need to they they are at least good at offloading players. Um, but it's just because they buy so many, so much crap. So, um, yeah, good move for Tottenham. So, next one is um as as uh. Dikembe Mutombo would say, he would say, not in my house. So Bournemouth told Newcastle, not in my house, when it came to Dominic Solanke, who is one of the absolute studs this season in the Premier League, especially as it comes to goal scoring. He's 26-year-old. He's been rejected by Chelsea, rejected by Liverpool, found a house in Bournemouth. And Newcastle United, as we have talked about, they cannot score goals. So they no. looked at getting the 26-year-old off of Bournemouth, and Bournemouth said, no, sir, do yeah. not pass go. Don't collect 200 bucks and get your ass out of my house. So what do you think about that? Yeah. Newcastle United told the door is shut on Dominic Solanke. Yeah, you can't, you can't get rid of him right now. I mean, he's, he's playing lights out. Liverpool Academy, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um. <sighs> what I think he was, or, or did he come from somewhere else and just well, he started? Was, at school? He played. He was Chelsea before Liverpool. I don't know if he okay. was an academy player for us. I don't think he was. Ha- he did have his shot with Pool, though. I do. Yeah, he did. He, we we got it from Chelsea for very cheap. Yeah, we bought yeah, him from is- Chelsea, and he was basically it was like, who's going to be the next guy? Him or Rion Brewster? Those were the two. Yeah, and, and Rion Brewster and him both. We both ended up getting rid of both of them. But there yeah. was also uh, Ben Woodburn was another one from that generation. Yeah. They were oh Ben yeah, Woodburn's Woodburn. the next guy. He's from Wales. He's a Welsh international or Scottish. Well, I forget where the hell he's from. He's from somewhere in the UK. I think it was Wales. Yeah, right. Yeah, one of those countries. 
And Ben Woodburn, Woodburn was like forever and ever they held on to him, like all this hope, all this hope. And it's like, okay, then the one that really hit Harvey Elliott. So then Harvey Elliott, yes. Harvey Elliott. And then, yeah, Curtis Jones has come up from the academy. He's he's hit. They brought him in when he was 19. And Trent Alexander-Arnold obviously hit. So those three. But Rion Brewster, Dominic Solanke, and Ben Woodburn, they loan. Get them back. Loan them out. Get them back. Loan them out. They did that for years and years and years. And they finally got rid of Brewster. Finally got rid of Solanke. Finally got rid of Woodburn. And so... I'm glad to see Solanke really land on his feet with uh, Bournemouth. I, too, if I were Bournemouth, would tell Newcastle to go F off. Yeah, I agree with you. You can't get second in the league in goal scored. Uh, you got to keep him, man. He's he's showing out. He's playing amazing lights out. There's no way you get rid of him right now. I mean, it would take a buku bucks for me to even consider being Bournemouth. You know, you offer him 100 mill or something and then you might consider it because that could last a team like Bournemouth a very long time but you got to look at it man the guy is scoring a ton of goals so yeah that's that's not surprising Nick I got two really juicy ones for you here so Bayern Munich lost out to Spurs in signing uh Genoa's uh Radu Dragusin uh so they were looking to get um a defender and they lost out to Tottenham for him now Bayern Munich are in talks with Tottenham to sign Eric Dyer. What do you make of this? I mean, it's it's Eric Dyer, man. He's he's been so bad at the back for Tottenham. I mean, I I watch Tottenham watch alongs and and from oozing and and I just know from listening to him and watching the game, the matches that I do, that Eric Dyer isn't the greatest. So. But can he dominate Darmstadt? No, that I'm saying it's it's good for Tottenham to get rid of him, and Bayern Munich must be drinking a lot of Oktoberfest beer or something because <laughs> I can't see Eric Dyer starting for Bayern Munich. That's what I'm saying. Like that's this. I saw this a little bit before we got connected tonight, and I was like, "What in the world?" Because Tottenham's going to upgrade and then do well getting rid of Dyer, and then Bayern Munich is going to just, you know, take a crap on Eric Dyer. I mean, come on. Uh, really? I would, you know, I, I I saw this transfer rumor myself, and like I said, I had to make sure that it was from the BBC, but this yeah. doesn't make any sense to me if you're Bayern Munich. The, the, there has to be somebody else in Germany or France or something, or even England. Eric Dyer, who I – say at, at on his best day is bang average, you're going to yep. sign him. And I would say like, okay, so you're going to be, you, you're going to be playing um, uh, Darmstadt and Bochum and Augsburg and Ken Dyer, who's battled uh, Mo Salah and, you know, um, Erling Holland and, you know, like this season, Dominic Solanke, you're a center back for the Spurs. You're having to deal with Raheem Sterling and Nick Jackson. And um, uh, uh, um, help me out here with the uh, um, Arsenal. I'm trying to think of. Um, yeah, Martinelli and Saka. Yeah, Martin, yeah, Martin yeah. Saka. Yeah, right, right, exactly. I mean, the Bundesliga is just pound for pound such a step down. Wouldn't yeah. he be able to be a. Fucking stud in Germany? 
you would I don't know, man. Eric Dyer just doesn't do it for me. He I doesn't do it you for me in England. So. He doesn't do it for I see England. What you're saying. But going from going from the Premier League where Luton Town is probably at their worst mid table in Germany. They are yeah. they're bottom three in England. Like Everton Everton could finish top six in Germany easy. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. And there I see your I see your thinking. You see I my do. thinking here? So maybe yeah, Meyer like, thinks we could get this asshole cheaper and put him in at center back where he can dominate in this hash you know, farmers league, if you will, for I don't want to call it that outright, but you know, some people say it's that. Until someone yeah. else wins it besides Byron, fuck you, you're a farmer league. So, yeah, no, I, I can I'm with you. So so my point my point is, Nick, that it it might not be that dumb after all. If he has yeah. to face Darmstadt and Buchum and um I would have named them in here, but they've recovered recently, Union Berlin, but they've they've done a good job of getting out of the drop zone. But you know, you have to think that I mean it would just yeah. be such an easier life for him, right? Yeah, with, and with he gets that, to yeah, play with Harry Kane, his boy. Yeah, no, that's his buddy. That's his. That's his right hand. Two spurs man. and two two spurs in a pod, or peas in a pod. Yeah. yeah, two peas in a pod. No, you're you're right. And with that thinking, you you would. I, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. I just, man, I just no, no, thank you. I just I wouldn't want him touching my pitch, dude. I, I just right. I've seen Eric Dyer just just crumble and fall apart against some some teams and and I just wouldn't want him but you would think against Bochum I mean the man could be freaking um he could be uh, you know prime freaking Virgil van Dyke you know what I'm saying yeah. so yeah so I, I get what you're saying it sounds like a good move uh could possibly be for both but if I were a Bayern Munich fan I wouldn't want him 10 feet near my uh my my athletic you know, club or my, my pitch, my weight room. I just wouldn't want my cafeteria. Just stay away and don't come near it. Hey, I got two. I, cause you're going to love this. We, we cannot go one show without talking about our good friends from Manchester United. We cannot. And so we will go. I have two transfer rumors for you here. This one's going to blow your mind. This is just insane to me. Anthony Martial, who's one of the biggest busts in Manchester United history, they he is now 28 years old, Nick. I think he's been at the club since he was like three. And never, ever amounted to anything. He turned down approaches from Fenerbahce in Turkey, Marseille, and the Saudi Pro League. So the 28-year-old Frenchman is set to stay out at Old Trafford until his contract runs out in the summer. What do you let's let's get your take on that one first. I see I I I guess I'm a little bit behind. I heard that they were trying to loan him out, but this was a couple days ago, so I guess he denied it. Yeah, I mean I guess it's not surprising because if you're at this point in your career where you've been riding Manchester United and basically riding their bench for the last two seasons. Yeah. Um, not really living up to your your uh, potential. He was supposed to be the next big deal, you know, youngster from Lyon coming to the Premier League, Manchester United. He was a young player of the year, I think, 2015. Um, and he just never lived up to the hype. The guy could not finish. He he has that little bit of pace, or he used to, and then his finishing is like a 60. 
You know, he, he, right. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. He just, he can't finish and he can't put the ball in the back of the net. And that's why he doesn't touch the pitch for United. And that's why he probably, he figured, you know, he's gotten to know his stats aren't very well and how he, these players know how they're doing in form. And he just knows, let your contract run out and try to get a new one because wherever he goes, I don't think he could really, you know, unless he goes to, you know, some smaller club in, in a, in a smaller league, I think in Italy, he'd get eaten alive. There's no way he'd be scoring goals over there. That defense there somewhere like France or, or uh, Germany, maybe he could, Maybe not even Germany, you know. I just don't feel like Martial's that guy. So, uh, good move for him. Run your contract out, see what you can do next. But your his career, I feel, is pretty disappointing, and I don't feel he has much left. Um, it absolutely is disappointing. It's you know, obviously Marcus Rashford's had the more successful career of the two, but I would say they're both overall. Uh, underachievers for what their stock was when they first came to United. But uh, Marcus Rashford definitely is is much better, uh, still younger also than Martial. Martial's been a complete waste since, like you yeah. said, Young Player of the Year 2015. So I would have gone back to Marseille personally, but, I mean, that's yeah. just me. The, yeah. um, you know, big, big name in the French League, you know, could possibly get in the European places. It's just, you know, something to consider, but I guess he knows better than I. The other Manchester yeah. United rumor, by the way, this could be a good move for the player, is Hannibal. He's 20 years old. He's young, and it looks like he could be loaned out for the rest of the season to Sevilla. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, Sevilla needs all the assistance they can get, man. Um God, poor Sevilla. I just – I feel bad. I mean, God, you had Sergio Ramos – yelling and fighting with someone in the crowd at their last match, not in the crowd, but at a press conference. I mean, they're just in complete disarray. I mean, Hannibal, he hasn't, it's, it's so funny. United has all these young guys who just, they got young and they're young. They, they just never live up to what they're supposed to be. And this is another case of that, man, you know, big club, big United. We're the biggest club on earth, blah, blah, blah. And then this, these guys just don't live up to the hype. I mean, good for Sevilla. Hell, good for United. I mean, the guy doesn't even see the pitch. So, yeah, Sevilla needs all the help they can get. I'd go for it. Please go help Sevilla. I'm, I'm hashtag help Sevilla all day long. Well, yeah, that's what – I mean, that, that's – I was looking at that, you know, where they are in the table right now, obviously, which is, which is out of uh, – typically out of – it's not their normal spot. So – They'll, that that I mean, I think it would be a win-win. I think the player wins there, and I think Sevilla wins there. I don't think Manchester United is losing anything because he doesn't really play regularly. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Here's the other one. Um, this one this one is good. So Uruguay defender, physical guy, Ronald Arroyo, 24, currently playing for Barcelona. Yeah, so He is linked to – this is another guy. So we go from Eric Dyer to this guy who – is a major step up. Uh, links to Bayern Munich. How about that? Uh, Ronald Arroyo, 24, linked to Bayern Munich. Now that, I would say, would be an upgrade for their back line. Oh, big time. He's he's really good. I okay. like him. 24, young, big stature. Uruguay International. Yep, very strong, stout. He's he, he reminds me of a skinnier Virgil, like the guy – 
the guy is good. I mean, Barcelona would be a fool to get rid of him, but hell, they're in so much money trouble. Maybe this could help him because he would go for a hefty fee. I mean, that guy is worth a lot. He is going to be a mainstay in your back line for the next five, ten years, and I'm not exaggerating. The guy, the guy's really good. He really is. Barcelona has a uh, a gym here, but we. Bayern Munich, I, I mean, I'd hate to see him get get another upgrade. Being, I want to see him lose some leagues, but th- this would be good for Bayern Munich and just probably good for Barcelona, just because the money. I mean, we talk about their their crap finances all the time. So, do I think it happens? Probably not, but it would definitely help uh, Barcelona out money wise and Bayern Munich back line wise because the guy is legit. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of weird that Bayern are looking at two players in Arayo and Dyer who are so far apart talent wise. It just yeah, unless like I said, you could he, the Dyer's like a budget version of of a center back. Like you you can say okay, well if you can dominate against um, you know the likes of you know Freiburg then we're good because and, – and, and Eric Dyer might say, well, Freiburg is like less than Luton Town or Sheffield, so I can definitely do that. Yeah. Comparatively speaking. And and yeah. then you have Arroyo who's like, okay, this is a guy you get to play in the Champions League. Who, who you, yes. get, you, you get this guy to help you win uh, uh, continental Titles. movies, right? Yes. 100%. He's very good. He's, he's one of the best – uh, defenders that you can possibly purchase. He's definitely top 10, yeah. top 15, 100%. The guy is legit. So when I saw this myself, I was just like, dang, uh, Barcelona's crazy or they are just going to get a boatload of money. All right, well, um, real quick, switching topics completely. We're going to go from rumors and um, basically uh, speculation to what's actually happening on the pitch. And this is going to start and it's going to affect some clubs in Europe. This is uh, Saturday, January 13th, which is this Saturday at 3 p.m. We kick off the action, and it's going to be Ivory Coast against Guinea-Bissau, which is um, the Africa Cup of Nations, Nick. Um, wanted to let you chime in. This is right in your wheelhouse. You follow these uh, uh, international tournaments, continental tournaments, uh, very closely. Can you give everyone uh, kind of a preview of what AFCON looks like here in the next coming weeks? Yeah, so we we had a we had our friendlies being played. Friendlies were played uh, all this week. Um, everyone did their job. Nothing crazy happened friendly wise. Um, and yeah, they were gearing up for for the Cup of Nations. Uh, Mister uh, Salah was missing for Liverpool. He's going to be participating. Um, just something that something that we get. It's. Um, Every two years we get it. They take a year off and then every two years it comes back. And uh, it's just something I've always loved following, man. International football is what got me kind of hooked. And, and and I got to experience the international. And then me as an American, I was like, okay, so these guys play for their nation and then they go and play somewhere in Spain or England? Like what? And, and p- piecing it all together was just fascinating to me. So that's how I got so big on these tournaments. But Ivory Coast kicks it off Saturday. Big favorites. Ivory Coast has to be top five, top 
eight possibly to win it. You know, Senegal, Cameroon, um, Algeria is back with a strong squad. Granted, they didn't make World Cup. They uh, made some changes, managerial changes, so they're back. Uh, Morocco's uh, participating, Tunisia. So we we have Egypt, of course, Salah, your um, Liverpool guy. We, we got us a, a good tournament at hand, and we are going to see it starting on uh, Saturday, like you said. Um, we get three matches a day. And we have group stage, and then that goes into the playoff. Um, just, just something, something dear to me, man. It's something I can watch during the day, and uh, really, not too many eyes on it, man. I've kind of noticed that a lot of people don't really care too much about the Cup of Nations, you know. Uh, understandable, being that we are where we are, but uh, it's definitely a fun uh, competition to follow, you know. Um, I'll definitely be watching as much as I can. Um, I think uh, it's going to be for, what is it, weeks, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, it, it, it's over with after the, the last week of January, and then all the African players can go back to their uh, yeah. to Premier League and, and all of their domestic leagues. So we have three matches for all these teams, and then they take the uh, – the the playoff will be decided and then they'll play that out so it's just a little quick every two-year tournament and uh for me it's very entertaining and and it's taken pretty seriously over there in africa so uh, a big one a big one we got international wise and it kind of gives you the scope too as to who we can kind of expect or who we can look at and see uh for world cup that is coming to America here in the next few years. So Americans, you know, you can start studying now, start picking out your favorites and check out this tournament and maybe possibly find your, uh, your dark horse for the world cup. Um, do you have any favorites to win AFCON? God, man, I, I, Morocco's a strong one. I just, I like, I like the changes Algeria made. I, I expect Algeria to make at least the quarter semis, and I expect them to be one of the better sides. You got to think Egypt also. I'm going to have to – man, that's a hard one because I just love them all. Nigeria, great set of strikers. Backline's questionable. They're kind of out of it for me. Senegal, it's going to be between Senegal and probably Morocco. Um, maybe Egypt, maybe, maybe Nigeria. If I had to pick one, I'm going to have to say probably Senegal just because of how strong they've been. But who would I like to see win it? Algeria. I know one of those finals came down to Senegal and Egypt a couple of years ago. Yeah. Was, uh, Mohamed Salah versus Sadio Mane, and I think it went to penalties. Yeah, that's when he had all the <clears throat> yeah he had, so. he had the lasers in his eyes and and that yeah. was a big big deal. So yeah, man, it's a hard one to pick. I just uh, for whatever reason, I want to see Algeria win it. I want to see them get back. They're always a fun side to watch. Mares and 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 a couple guys I like there. So so we'll see, man. Um, I'm gonna be pulling for the Algerians. Uh, probably won't happen. So Senegal, Morocco, you know Nigeria, any of those. Um, and the other thing I want to talk you talk to you about was the you brought up the Asian Cup matches, yeah, and that starts this Friday. So we have Afcon and Asia going on at the exact same time. Yeah, so we're going to be uh, 
probably less big name international players missing for the Asia Cup simply because the only big ones are obviously pretty much Japan and South Korea oh, obviously yeah. are pretty much there. Those are your powerhouses in Asia, Saudi Arabia to a lesser extent, Iran, but yeah. um, and Australia obviously is, is a very, very uh, good football nation, but they always consider them still Oceania, even though they are in, in Asia now. Um, preview this one real quick, Nick. What are your uh, what's your outlook there for the uh, Asia Cup? So we get this every four years for whatever reason. They don't do the two like Afcon, and uh, it's funny, man. We had a shock winner in 2019, and that was Qatar. Uh, Qatar actually won um, the whole thing. They won the playoff. They beat uh, Japan in the final one to three and shocked the freaking nation. I remember that match. I was here in Charleston. Um, uh, it was Takumuni uh, Minamino, your guy, Minamino, old Liverpool yeah. guy, actually scored the only goal for Japan in that match. It was a great match, but J- uh, Qatar won it. I felt like it might have possibly been thrown or something was funny in there because you got to remember Qatar was going to host that World Cup. So. To me, it was a little funny. Qatar came out of nowhere, won this tournament, blah, blah, blah. That's that's my Joe Rogan in me. But <laughs> this is another one of those tournaments like uh, Cup of Nations. And uh, we we get blessed with the likes of Sun and Indo and uh, Brighton guy. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, who's Brighton's um, winger? Japan. One second. Why can I not think of his name? Um, Mitomo? Yes, yes. Thank you, man. Yeah, yep, we get Mitomo. Um, I like uh, Iran is another team that you got to look out for. It's funny. Um, Roma kept Usman for a few matches in Serie A. Serie A and for Copa Italia, he ended up getting the red card, and he's. I think he might be suspended. Don't forget maybe. about here uh, with Hawang uh, Hee Chan from Wolves. Yes, Chan. Yeah. Chan is good from Wolves. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Usman is now supposed to be flying back to participate for Iran, but he was literally held back to from missing uh, – preparation for it to play for Roma and the guy didn't even play. So you got Iranians who are pretty pissed off about that. Um, Tarimi for Porto is going to be a, a, probably a contender for the top goal scorer in that with Sun and, and maybe a few Japanese players, but yeah, man, this is a, this is another one I've always enjoyed. We, we got the likes of the teams you named. You're, they're probably the favorites to Australia, Japan, um, South Korea, Iran, you know, other than those, you really don't have too many strong sides. I mean, Palestine, Jordan, Syria. Syria actually almost made the World Cup. If you remember, they lost the playoff to, I think, Costa Rica or Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just missed the World Cup. So it's not like they're too crap. Um, Qatar, Saudi. So we we get to see all of them. But like you said, man, you, you don't miss as many players as you do from the African Cup for the Asian side. Um, favorite, I got to say Japan. I mean, you just, you can't sleep on Japan. They've actually Japan been on. Been killing everybody lately. And they've yes, dude. Yes. Battered Germany 4-1 in that friendly. And that's, that's made a yeah. real impression on me. 
Yeah, no, they 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 are playing lights out. They only lost to Columbia in a friendly on a uh back in 2023 all the way in March, almost a year to 10 months ago was their last loss. So they they've been playing lights out. I got to got to say Germany there or not Germany. <laughs> Uh, Germany would absolutely win the Asian Cup with their second team. But anyways, uh, um, Japan, man. Japan's got to be my favorite there. I'd like to see Iran do really good. I like Iran. They always play good. We had them. I say we Americans had them. What about South Korea? I do. I I know. Yeah, I know. I don't talk much about them. I do like South Korea too. Good defense. They got uh, the um, Bayern Munich player. Uh, back line and they got sun. I just, they always seem to hiccup in these tournaments, man. They get to like the quarters and then someone, they'll end up running into Japan or, or Iran and, and they usually get beat out. But I, I like, I like Korea. Korea. You know what? You bring up Korea, watch them win it this time. It's either right. going to be probably Japan or Korea. You're, you're absolutely right because it, they're just too strong, man. They have these players that play in those top tier you know, divisions and leagues, and it's just hard to to, to beat a team con- constructed of all that talent, especially Japan. But yeah. Korea with with Chan from Wolves and, and Sun and Bayern Munich, I mean, all these – those two sides, you can pick any player or position, and most likely those guys are playing in a top-five league. You go somewhere like Syria, Jordan, J- and, and, and Iran and stuff, and those guys are probably playing domestically – and they're not going to be as talented as someone like Korea or Japan. Japan and so. South Korea have both made the jump internationally to where it's believable, where, where it was not eight years ago. Yeah. But now it's believable that they could be in a World Cup semifinal. I agree with you. Yeah, you remember Japan uh, just lost to what Croatia and penalties last World Cup, and they almost – made it yeah. and and if I'm not didn't South Korea beat Japan, J- beat Germany in Russia oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah it was yeah whatever yeah I'm losing uh, yeah, because Germany's been disastrous in the past two world cups but yeah if, if they played South <laughs> yeah. Korea they got their ass whooped by South Korea yeah yeah, um, yeah they they did they haven't been and, and, uh, done anything since 2014 yeah. Well, hey, man, we got they got their opportunity coming up, buddy. Yeah, Maybe no, I know, we'll I know. You know, we'll we'll get there. We'll we'll get there. We're not talking yeah. about Germany right now. We're. I, I, no. I think it's South Korea has so much talent, uh, especially in attack. Um, yeah. And and then of course they have the the bruising center back for Bayern Munich, who uh, by way of Napoli. Kim. Yeah. Yeah. Kim. So and then Japan is just all around. Do you see how? You know, it used to be a big deal when they had a, a, a starting player, you know, for like Hertha Berlin or something like that. Now you see Japanese internationals making a difference in, in all these European leagues. I mean, um, it, you know, Minamino, why it didn't work out at Liverpool? It's working out elsewhere. You know, these guys, yeah. um, they're, they're, you know, Japan's got a ton of talent. But to me, the top end uh, talent is is favors South Korea. And so I, I, I actually favor them to win the Asia cup this year, South Korea is going to be my pick. Yeah, no, not a bad one at all. I, I It's probably going to be Japan or South Korea, just like you said, just off talent. But like, like we saw last time, I feel like there was, we had some Joe Rogan stuff involved, right. but Qatar walked away with it last time. So we're, 
we're going to see if they're taking it teams. I've noticed this time teams are taking a little bit more serious players were called up from big clubs, clubs, let them go. So we're going to actually see a really good tournament here in Africa and in Asia. So yeah. if you are listening and you are in America, we have the world cup coming, pay attention to these Pick your players out. See who you like. I, I I challenge you to watch some of these. They're very competitive, very good. If you want to wait till the playoffs, go for it. But World Cup is coming, and they're going to be in your backyard. And just like me and you, hopefully we're, we're going to be going at least Atlanta or something. Right. But we could possibly be seeing a team like South Korea play someone like Senegal in a group stage match. And, you know, we could see them and we know what's going on because we we pay attention to stuff like this. So I challenge any American, give it a shot, check it out, see what's going on and get ready because we got World Cup coming in, I think, two years. Two years. So it's it's coming, man, right around the corner. And and I'm telling you, Beckham's basement, we're ready for it. We're going to be right there. And uh, it's going to be one of the one of the most fun things for me. Uh, probably in my life, man, world cup is something I'm looking forward to. And I don't know if I'll ever see it again. So I'm taking advantage of this, man. These tournaments are going to be very fun to watch. Well, Nick, um, with one last segue for the show, we have uh, actual league play back this weekend. And we're going to start at the top of the, uh, of the leagues. We're going to start with the premier league. We have some doozy. This is a juicy weekend, man. So, first off, we have a London derby between Chelsea and Fulham. Then we have one against Arsenal, between Arsenal and Crystal Palace. Bournemouth and Liverpool. And, of course, the big one is Manchester United and Tottenham. And before we get to that, we have to talk about Newcastle and Man City. So, I just named you five matchups that... Could potentially steal the show. So you're going to have Dominic Solanke versus his old squad with Liverpool. You got Crystal Palace and Arsenal. And the only reason I mention that is because Arsenal are in the middle of their bottle job. So I would normally say it should be a clear cut win for Arsenal, but you know, we're not so sure about that at this point. But two of your favorite YouTube morons that like to do watch alongs are Spurs and United. And they're going to be playing each other this week. So I don't know who the hell you're going to be listening to. Oh, I know, right? I usually go to whoever is losing because that's where the fun is. Um, So probably Mark, to be honest with you. Um, I feel like, you know, Tottenham has has the upper hand here. Uh, It doesn't happen very often. But, I mean, it's United, dude. You should have saw them versus Wigan. I mean, just – oh. Man, I just want to pull my hair out, and I just don't want to watch it, man. It's it's bad football, and uh, we we hopefully Tottenham take care of business there. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be going back and forth to, to from moron to moron. Um, well, here's here, here's what we're gonna what we're gonna look at, right? You know, uh, this is I don't care, about Chelsea Fulham, sure, that's the that's the um, the coffee fixture Saturday morning. But I want to go to 12.30 p.m. on Saturday, Newcastle United versus Manchester City. This is, this is, this is, this is nut-cutting time right now for Newcastle, okay? They yeah. are in terrible form. They are out of Europe, and they host Manchester City. So the game in August was pretty close. This is a different 
Man City than it was in August. This is a different Newcastle than it was in August. And right now, as the lines go, you have ninth place Newcastle hosting third place Manchester City. And Newcastle at home are given a 17% chance of winning this match with 62% going to Man City. Um, Nick, I just have to, I mean, I have to ask you what you what you think this is going to, I mean, this is, to me, it's a little bit of a banana peel for Man City because they're on the road. They're not great on the road. This is one of those matches. Newcastle, look, you lost to Liverpool. You got your ass handed to you by Liverpool. You've had your ass handed to, was it five, six losses in a row for Newcastle in the league? It's, I mean, they've been, they've been uh, atrocious. And, you know, this, this is, uh, let's see, Newcastle. So, no, they've, wa- they've lost four of their last five. Sorry. Um, yeah. That's bad enough, though. They've lost three on the bounce. So, zero points yeah. in their last nine match, in their last three matches. I think this, Nick, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to fancy a draw. I, I am. I'll call it. I'm going to call a draw here. I'm going to call, um, uh, 2 2. I think Newcastle, and City go to a draw, and I think City going to drop points at St. James Park. Yeah, I mean, I, I just issue mode, like man. This. It's desperation mode. If 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 it is if if, if Hal values his job, you got you got to you got to take a point from City. If he if he takes yeah. a point from City, they'll look at that as a win. I, I hear you, and you know, this reminds me of me saying that fill in the blank is mad. I understand it's desperation time, but this man is has lost control of this ship for some time now, and I just don't know if these players are really playing for this guy. I mean, sure they've they've contended and they've fought a little bit. I've watched the matches. Joel Joel uh, Joelington's fighting, and he's all running around. He's crazy, but. This is a Man City side who has turned it around a little bit. You got Holland back. You got Kevin back. You got players back. Doku's now back. Um, I feel draw maybe possibly it could happen just because it is a way. I give you that one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I feel like the end of the road is coming nigh for for Mister um, Mister uh, How. I just do, man. I just something Napoli and Newcastle for me are the two sides where I just feel like something isn't right. Some these guys aren't aren't doing something for their manager, their gaffer, and and it's it's a burning flame that's going to be put out, and he will go away, and they can reignite it some other time. Um, because City is away, their form is crap away. I feel like both teams will score, and it will be close. I'll say 3-2 to City because they're going to get a late goal, but that 2-2 draw could very much happen, man. I'm not mm. – you're not crazy. And if I thought you were, I would tell you because that's how we operate. But I I just – I feel like this is the last stand for Newcastle. I agree with you there. But is it strong enough to beat the likes of Kevin, Rodri, Doku, Holland, uh, Alvarez? We We don't know. And and I just I, I just feel like City are are going to start turning it around. I do. I feel like this is when we see Liverpool and City battle it out. It's this is the Holyfield versus Tyson. This is the big one, Evander. That you know the ear's going to get bitten off here soon. Someone's going to end up crashing, but it'll just be at the end of the season. And uh, I feel City just make 
make light of this and 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 get Eddie. They they'll do Newcastle a favor and hopefully get Eddie out of there quickly, and they can go ahead and spend some of that oil money for a new manager. Oh, it's, I'll um, say three two. Score prediction. Three two, man. Three. I say late goal for City. Uh, ref has City to win and gives the late penalty to to Mutant. Sunday, eleven thirty a.m. Manchester United with batshit crazy gold 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 bricker gold brick gold bridge versus yep. Tottenham Hotspur. United's given a forty three percent chance to win. Tottenham thirty two percent chance and twenty five percent see it as a draw. Spurs fifth in the table. United eighth. They're separated by eight points. Goal differential though, whole different story. Tottenham plus thirteen. United minus five. I don't think there's any question about this. I think Spurs are going to beat the shit out of Man United personally. I think it's going to be 3-1. I say that as Son's going to be out, right, for the Asia Cup? Yes, yeah, Son, Son's out, Son's out, but they got Timo, and Timo's playing with the team now, yeah, so he man. has time to kind of gel a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you on that, man, but that that's a big loss. Um, yeah, Son's massive. Yeah, Son's yeah. the best player, so I, I, I agree think, with uh, you. But I think United are, are, are a, a, a pot of boiling crap. So No, they are. Spurs. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I still think Spurs 3-1. <laughs> Um, that's what I'm going to go with. And the demise of seven hog will continue. And I think Spurs are going to come out. This is what, you know, this is, this could be interesting because I think that when United were playing Liverpool, they, they parked the bus for 90 minutes and were hoping for the best and they got the best. They got the best that they could possibly hope for. They never had no chance of winning that match. The only thing that was the win for them was a draw, which is sad in and of itself that that's Man United now. This is the state of affairs they find themselves in. But with Spurs, I feel like they look down and they say, okay, Liverpool's in first place. Spurs is in, Spurs are in fifth. Their form as of recent times has not been as good as it was the first eight, nine weeks of the season. Maybe they're vulnerable. I think United are going to come out in this one, right? I think they're going to come out of their little, or their, their little cave and try and score. Yeah. And that's where Spurs can if it if it's an open game, if it's an open match, yeah. then I think that Spurs can can take advantage of that and they'll be able to, to to win. I think that United will have enough arrogance and enough confidence, um, albeit misguided, to come out and, and actually not park the bus against Spurs. They're at home, they're not at Anfield or at uh Tottenham Stadium. So they're gonna feel like they have the advantage with their supporters at the old toilet and they'll come out and try and, and, and score some goals. And then in, in the end, end result, they'll have counter goals scored against them. So I look at that yeah. as um, a plus for Spurs that they are going to probably be a little bit disrespected by United. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. That's, that's sadly, that's how they play, man. They, they park the bus and play defensively whenever they play teams that they think, or they consider to be, far superior and I feel like they're going to think they're better than Tottenham they're not and they're going to come out attacking just like you said and and Tottenham's going to take it to them I mean Tottenham has the better players all around um there's not many I would take over any Tottenham players and I agree with you man I I understand United's at home I understand we bash we do what we do uh we speak the truth but 
at home isn't isn't always going to save United when you're when you're not good. You're just not good. And watching them versus Wigan, if that's the team that comes out to play, then Tottenham is going to win soundly. And and your your three to one, I think you said, is is something that could definitely happen. United have only scored 22 goals this season, and I think they've given up 27. Um, that's terrible. That's that's like it's hard to even fathom. I don't know if they'll be able to score more than a goal, just like you said. And Tottenham are going to be able to get two or three. I'm I'm going to give them a two nil to Tottenham. Um, I just don't know if United are going to be able to score. I, I I just don't. I just do not see. Who who does it? If Bruno dies or someone gets a penalty, maybe. But um, no, they'll die. What's his right. name? Yeah, no, he he did versus Wigan. You should see it. it it's it's laughable uh, to get a penalty. Um, Shameful. What's his name? What's his name? Could score um, the Argentinian Nacho. Yeah, you know the, the, this little seventeen-year-old bastard is is has been voted by their own fan base, their own supporters, as the player of the year so far. Seventeen years old. Yeah. Now I'm gonna say this. I saw that. I'm gonna say this. Absolutely deserved. I love that kid. Yeah. You know, I hate United with all my heart, but I love that kid. He's great. He's fantastic. He's a spark plug. But how mighty United have fallen when a 17 year old teenager is your best player? Yeah, that's something you would say about Shrewsbury or Preston North End, not Manchester United. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's it's how they've it's how it's come to be, and and I agree with your. You're thinking there, your your tactical thoughts, and and United's going to come out thinking that they can win, and they're just they're going to attack, and it's going to hurt them My, in the long run. And Nick, look at it like this, man. Like United are dog shit until they're not, right? They got to prove it. Yeah, yeah, so they are. Yeah, and when they start winning, we will change. Yeah, what sure, we saying. sure. You bring, you know, bring back the class of '92. Show me something. Yeah, um, we have German football to talk about, Nick, for the first time in basically a month almost, man. We got Friday, 2.30 p.m. This is the final match day of the Vorrunde. Uh, wait, sorry, Hinrunde. Sorry, Hinrunde, and then you have the Rückrunde, which starts next week. But in the Hinrunde, you have Friday, January 12, 2.30, Bayern close out with Hoffenheim. And I think that this could be a trap game for Bayern. Long layoff. Hoffenheim are a dangerous opponent, and yes, it's at the Allianz Arena, which it seems like every big match is at Bayern. I don't know why, but it just seems like it's always that that way. 84% chance of Bayern to win, according to our friends at Google here. 6% for Hoffenheim. I think this will be – I'm going to go for a draw, though. I think it will be a 1-1 draw between Hoffenheim and Bayern. I think Bayern – could drop some points here and help Leverkusen's cause. Um, but this is, yeah. So, hey, we got German football to talk about, Nick. So what are your thoughts on this match that gets this underway here this coming uh, Friday, two days from now, Bayern and Hoffenheim? Yeah, I saw this. I was looking before we connected here, and uh, I saw Bayern Munich versus Hoffenheim, and I said, God, that was that was fast. It seemed like just not long ago we were talking about how we have this long break. So very excited about this. Hoffenheim, 100 bucks wins you 1,100 if they can get the win. That's big underdogs. Um, Tuchel is, is not the guy. They want him out. He's not going to play them very uh, – they're not going to play very well. I feel that layoff was a lot. Uh, mustache, Sar, uh, Serge Nabry, he's out. He's still hurt. Um 
missing a winger there. Uh, they are missing their star center back um, due to the Asian Cup. So draw could happen. Yeah, I just I, I I'm seeing like a one nil. Maybe two one. Yeah. Uh, Bayern Munich are a two goal favorite. Yeah. I feel like they squeak it out just because uh, that's what Bayern Munich has been doing recently. Um, but I would love. Oh my God! Please make make my twenty twenty four drop two points. Please drop some points. I would. I would. You know what? Hoffenheim beat them. I'll I'll buy a Hoffenheim shirt and and put it on the Beckham's basement Twitter. I'm I'm gonna purchase it as soon as that final hits because I want that to happen and I will immediately become a semi Hoffenheim supporter. Well, you might have to hope for those two points to be dropped because Leverkusen are on the road in a very dangerous situation against Augsburg. There's uh yeah. they're the WWK Arena, while Leverkusen has a 63% chance to win, this is Augsburg at home. God, that is such a that's such a banana peel. Um, I'm not going to predict an Augsburg win. I'm not going. I, I but it's. I think. I think three two. Leverkusen three two. I think it's going to be a, a, a grinder. I think you have to fight for it. All three points. I, I Leverkusen. I'm not going to pick them to lose. I'm going to pick them to win. Maybe they pick up two points on Bayern if Bayern can get actually get that draw. If Hoffenheim can get that draw against Bayern, but uh, this isn't going to be easy, Nick. I, don't, I really don't think it's going to be as easy as people may think. Uh, that that um, predicted that projected uh, win outcome for Leverkusen seems a bit optimistic, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely not going to be easy. Augsburg isn't just dog crap. Uh, Augsburg actually beat beat them one nil um last year. So yeah. last time they played it at home it was a one nil final. Something that is very, very plausible. Um remember these Christmas. games too, I want to say this real quick, not to interrupt you, but no, you're okay. the German league, unlike most other leagues, like England is completely out of out of whack, right? The German league is home and home and it's in the exact same order that it was when it started. So this match right here, all these matches will be the reverse on match day 34. So Bayern will be at Hoffenheim. Leverkusen will host Augsburg. So keep that, oh, wow. just keep that in mind that in That's May cool. yeah. Hoffenheim will host. So if it's not decided by then, Bayern will have the tougher of the two matchups because Leverkusen will be at home to Augsburg and Bayern will be yeah. on the road at Hoffenheim. D- just, just a little... Okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, that's 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 good to know. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, you it's see, exactly Germany Germany, the same yeah, schedule on both rounds. Yes, the Germany got it figured out, yeah. man. I swear they 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 do stuff right. I, I like their their promotion stuff. I like their cup stuff. Their their league stuff is is on point. Yeah, like, England. Anybody's playing anybody. I mean, they reschedule. Oh fixtures. my god! Yeah, yeah, it's completely crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hodgepodge, yeah. and, and, and yeah, it's always a, a mess. Um, I'm gonna say three three nil to Bayern Leverkusen, oh, and Zabi keeps them rolling. They just dropped five against the Italian side in a friendly yesterday. They're still firing on all cylinders. They're not gonna miss much for any of the cups. Let's get a three nil, three nil to Leverkusen. Uh, let's keep it rolling, man. All right, Nick, my. <clears throat> 
Well, actually, let's get this match out of the way first before we get to my upset of the week. So RB Leipzig at uh, hosting Eintracht Frankfurt. This is actually this is probably in terms of like table position. This is probably the best match because you have four versus six. So Eintracht Frankfurt right now in the European places. RB Leipzig obviously in the Champions League. Um, quite a few points do separate them. That's why I talk about Italy was so close between three and eleven. But look at this: four and six are separated by nine points in Germany. Four and six. So. Your, your top five in Germany is pretty much done. I mean, unless they're just complete disaster. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, anyways, um, Leipzig here against Frankfurt. This is uh, – it's at the Red Bull Arena. So, I'm going to favor Leipzig. Uh, losing Timo Werner. Okay, well, uh, this is a tricky one, right? Leipzig overwhelming favorites, 68% chance to win. I'll give them that, but it's going to be close. Uh, last five t- matchups head-to-head, two wins for Leipzig, two draws, and one Frankfurt win. And the last time they played was in the day of people call final, Nick. 2-0 to Leipzig, yeah. obviously. Leipzig back-to-back yeah. winners of the day of people call. I'm going to go with a 2-1 score here. Leipzig will get the three points, but it's going to be very, very testy and very, very hardly contested. Yeah, I, I, I just Sesco and Openda like Leipzig knows what they're doing and getting rid of Timo. Yeah, it's gonna a little bit, a little bit of goal production, a little bit of here and there. But I feel like this just gives Openda and Sesco some more time to kind of get some more goals, show what they can do. Uh, Frankfurt has a terrible back line; their defense is atrocious. Uh, just Frankfurt has broken my heart recently a lot, man. Losing to Aberdeen in the in the Europa and 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 just uh, they let in five uh, versus um, they let in five at home versus Freiburg. I, I just I don't see Leipzig kind of letting off. Um, I'm gonna say I'll think I think they can get a goal. I'm gonna say three one. I'll say Openda brace. And uh, maybe maybe one of the midfielders gets a goal, um, and Frankfurt will get a goal. Uh, so three one, three one to Leipzig. My upset of the week, Nick. Here it comes. You ready? I could have guessed this. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah. Darmstadt hosting the mighty. BVB Borussia. Dortmund, and I have seen the little minnow known as Darmstadt beat the great Borussia Dortmund before, and I believe that I am going to witness it yet again because Dortmund are and always will be the German Patrick Ewings, as Reggie Miller would call them, the chokers, the choke artists. And um, yeah. yeah, in case you're wondering. Yeah, no, I'm not going to ever fucking give it a rest because they blew the league when they had it in the bag last year. So until Dortmund won a Bundesliga, um, yeah, y'all suck. So you're going to lose to Darmstadt. It's going to be 1-0, and it's going to be uninspiring. And if I'm wrong, well, then I'm wrong. But I just like to see Dortmund in misery. So, yeah, Darmstadt 1-0 over Dortmund. Um, You have any picks on this one? I, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. They're, uh, BVB's missing a few players, uh, national selection, holler. They're, um, 
their uh, defender, Rami, the, the Algerians. Oh, we should out too. mention this. Sorry, I got to cut you off again. We should mention this. Sure, though. The mighty Borussia Dortmund, oh, the German giants. Guess who's playing or just landed in Germany just this past 24 hours is one Sancho. Jadon Sancho Rita. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. of course, he told Manchester United to go shove it up where the sun don't shine and um, told Seven Hog that you're – yeah, your name is Seven Hog. That's it. And yeah. um, he's going to be back with the club that made him famous. So Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like that. It's good for Jaden, man. Get get up out of there. It's great for Jaden. Jaden lost to Byron like pretty much every time they ever played. I mean, it's like it's not going oh, to yeah. it's not going to change the narrative no. of yeah. I mean, of so, what so, yeah, do, maybe, yeah. maybe great for him. And maybe he can get back in the England side. Maybe Southgate sees him actually play. He scores some goals. Because I think he's gonna fit in better here, but um I'm sorry, just I'm not seeing how it's going to make that much of a difference in, in the long game. Yeah, as far as BVB goes, it's not going to do much for them at all. Six not much is. Back, I, I agree with you, right? Five, yeah. they're in fifth place, but they're six points back of Leipzig. So yeah. Portman are Europa League bound, my friend. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Bound. Minus like a epic collapse, which isn't going to happen for for those clubs. So yeah, we're finally going to get to see them not in Champions League, which is great for for us. Me, I know for sure because I hate seeing them in it. They really hurt me uh, this past Champions League. But they'll be kicked out of Champions League. They'll be playing a tight mass match versus Darmstadt. I'm going to give it. I'm going to say the whole world's going to have over here. I'm gonna. I like your one nil, but I'm gonna say we're gonna get a zero zero snooze fest, and Dortmund is gonna be the joke of the week. Zero zero draw. Okay, I mean, that, yeah, that's that's not that's definitely that's definitely not out of the realm of possibility, and it's it's almost equally no. as embarrassing. But you know, Dortmund yeah. will have the excuses. We were on the road at Darmstadt where they got mold in the shower. You know, whatever the yeah. bullshit excuse was in twenty. 20- 15 when Darmstadt came up in the league is like, you know, they, we don't want to play where they got mold. You know, uh, it's, 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 it's ridiculous, but you know, um, yeah, I, I think that this is a complete, a complete, oh my God. So Dortmund got to play Darmstadt in match day 34 too. And they host them. Yeah. And you're right. They did. They beat them in 2017. Our American Terrence Boyd scored. Yeah. uh, And, and cloak. The um he now plays for Parma, the forward, the Croatian former uh, forward. So you're right, man. They beat him. They uh they beat BVB. Guerrero scored the only goal. Rafael Guerrero plays for Bayern for Daddy now. Mm-hmm. They sold him to Daddy, and uh, yeah. So you're you're right, man. They've actually lost to Darmstadt last time they played at home. So it could happen again. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's it has happened before. It has happened before. There's 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 history there between these two in yeah. the last you know five, six, seven, eight years. Um, looking over to Spain real quick, man. We got a uh, match day twenty, and it looks like you know we have some some people missing as far as uh, participants go because uh, there's going to be some other obligations they have to meet. But the one that I'm looking at is. Um, Almeria versus Hirona. Hirona, obviously, 
from just the perspective of having to keep up with Real Madrid, you're having to keep up with the Joneses, right? So this is the last place club in Spain, Almeria. They're the last place yeah. club. They're playing the first place club tied with first place on points, obviously behind on goal differential. But this is a must win for Hirona. The Real Madrid are not playing this weekend. And I mean, but they're only, believe it or not, Nick, it's on the road and they're only giving Hirona a 57% chance to win. But I'm going to go yeah. here and say three to one to Hirona. I don't, I cannot lose to Almeria. If they lose to Almeria, then I mean, they're basically gifting the title to Real Madrid. Yeah, Almeria score score a goal a game. I don't a goal a match. I don't know if they're going to be able to to score. They, I mean, they they probably do get one. Now that I think about it, they're at home, only five points, just a lonely side. They're going to be playing in La Liga two next season. Um, I think Girona get the big win though, man. I I, I like your three to one. I'll say two one, just just because sometimes I don't get those away goals that I like. But Girona get the win here, two to one. Got to keep up. Man. You got to, you got to, and, yeah. and you know, this means everything. It, yeah, it is. This, I mean, this is the this is the layup, right? This is the layup, the gimme. You got to win this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Fifteenth versus sixteenth. This is what kicks off the weekend in Spain, real quick. Um, Alaves versus Sevilla. We just talked about this with Sevilla potentially getting some help from Hannibal from Manchester United. Obviously, that's not going to be this weekend. But they're obviously looking to get any kind of assistance they can. You, Sergio Ramos has not really panned out like they thought he would. Obviously, he's probably you know lost a step from his glory days as Spain international and Real Madrid captain and all that good stuff. This one right here, I see going to a uh, a one one draw. Yeah, no, Alves. They're they're not that bad. Deportivo uh, side just promoted. I mean, they're not too terrible. And Sevilla has been so bad. I mean, Sevilla being minus one ten, just barely a favorite. I mean, basically, this is this is just going to be a close one. And and team, you know, necessary for Morocco's out their starting striker. Um, you got to think that they're going to have a hard time finding goals. So yeah, I'm going to say zero zero or one one. I like that. I'm going to call a draw here. I'll just go with the zero zero, just because every time I think goals, there's always none. So we'll go with a zero zero draw. So Sevilla. The Supercopa yeah. de España is uh, that's tomorrow, two p.m. Uh, this is semifinal. Barcelona plays Osasuna, so that's why they're not playing yeah. the weekend. Uh, yeah. I mean, I got Barcelona winning this one three 0 yeah, big favorites. I uh, I was just looking at that earlier. I say the same thing. They're gonna they're gonna end up destroying this side. Osasuna doesn't stand a chance. I mean, it, it's it's a cup game. Sure, we saw a lot of goals today with Madrid, Atletico, and Real. But I like that. I'll say two nil. Uh, Barcelona roll. It, it's just not a question. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the Barcelona matchup here. Is it, it's just not. I mean. I don't think it's up for debate. I think that they win this one pretty easily, uh, regardless of yeah. who they have on the pitch. It's it's one of those you know kind of gimme matchups, and then um, obviously, t- as you mentioned today, um, was uh, Real Madrid versus uh, Atletico Madrid, and then the yeah. uh, reverse fixture of that is next Thursday. That'll be yeah. the second time the the second. 
leg of that quarterfinal, uh, sorry, the semifinal match. So, um, but no match for Real Madrid this weekend either. So they, so Barcelona and Real Madrid not in action. So that's why it's critical that Girona actually um, show up and play. And obviously, by default, Atletico Madrid playing Real Madrid, they also don't have a match. So three of the yeah. top four in Spain, Nick, do not play this weekend. So this is Girona's yeah. chance to actually go up on Real Madrid by three points. Yes, Real yeah. Madrid would have a game in hand, but you know how that works. If you you yeah. want you want any chance you can to be ahead in points, to be whether the other team yeah. has a game in hand or not, that puts all the pressure on them. Exactly. Yep. You want to be at top at all at, at every second you can be up top. Just take it. I agree with you. And um, let's see. The last one we have is like we we got some matches here uh, leak on. We haven't talked about them in a while um, because I, I think that we. Pretty much conceded that they're done down there in France. Yeah, it's yeah. We 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 kept our eye on Lyon, but they're now two points away from the playoff spot um, uh, for relegation. So I, I feel like yeah, we had a show where we talked about France and and with PSG five points up now. Yeah, it's just it's hard to really keep your eyes on that man. I mean, it, by default, this is going to be the one league we just probably don't talk about much. Um, unless Leon start crashing again and we start talking about a big club getting relegated, I don't see us really covering too much of this just because PSG already five points up. I mean, how do you – Nice kind of blew it and, and didn't right. keep up with them, man. Um, this, this, I blame this on the, the, the French teams. You know, it's not our fault. I mean, Lons is hosting no. PSG. It's a chance. They're seventh place. You know, it's it, – it, they have they they beat PSG last um, New Year's Day last year three to one at um, yeah it's th- this is it though I mean like you know you're like, th- I mean we're match day eighteen now so we're on the 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 business side of things here in France as well and if you're going to take points from PSG you have to have somebody in the in the top half of the table which Lens are this would be it you're you're they're on the road. You had you've had a little bit of a layoff here, a little bit of a break, and you want to catch PSG, so to speak, with their pants down. So this 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 is the time to do it. If they don't if they don't take yeah. points here, and then you know the thing is that Nice are also on the road at at Rennes. If I mean if any points are picked up by PSG, and it goes from five to seven, that that's it. You can call it. That that's that. I'm yeah. literally done. Agree. I feel like PSG win here, especially Nice, Monaco lose and PSG win. I mean, that's just less reason for us to even bring up anything to do with France, unless unless our boys get relegated. You know, this this game is big. I, I know they did lose three one last time, but I just I would put my money on Mbappe and the boys. But we'll see, man. They they beat him three one last time, so. You're right, man. This this is the chance they have to take some points, and if they do, we need Nice and we need Monaco to win so they can be on those heels. Yeah, I'm finishing up with uh, Italy. We have Juventus hosting Sassuolo, so this one is uh, number two versus number fourteen. Should be an easy win for Juventus, but nothing seems to be easy for Inter and Juventus these days as they both chase each other for the Serie A title, the Scudetto very much alive and well 
for both Juventus and Inter. Those are the only two that should be and will be competing for those. Milan and Roma, we talked about earlier. That's the one that I said, you know, it's it's on the road, but this is the kind of match that, that Jose Mourinho needs to win. Uh, I'm still going to go, by the way, with a 3-2 victory for Milan. Uh, I think I, I want Josie to win, but I just I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna predict it. If I'm gonna put money on this or bet on this, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, with Chalk here and go with Milan. Yeah, AC Milan. Uh, God, man, I, they're just they're they're one of those wishy washy sides who really just are fighting for top four. Wouldn't you agree? They are. Yeah, I mean they're they're they know that they're in the Champions League. Spot. spot right now right. and they're fighting for that yeah they they i think ac milan has recognized many weeks ago that they're not going to be competing for the scudetto and that's going to be yeah. between juve and their crosstown rivals enter so yes but yeah. still a lot to play for for them a lot of money at hand obviously yeah. Champions league they 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 need it they're one of those clubs like yeah gotta stay up. yeah yeah Got to stay in those top four spots. Yeah, it, 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 AC Milan is a little slight favorite. God, just just gonna be a battle because you get a lot of goals out of AC Milan, but Jose Jose could could possibly you know stop that party. Um, AC Milan's out of the Coppa Italia too, and they just destroyed Empoli and Cagliari. Um, would Would you predict? Um, I said it was going to be a win three to two for. Three two, so we're getting goals. That, that's that's not a bad. I'm gonna say two one to AC Milan. I'm gonna say American gets the brace oh, and wow. uh, brings it home. Brings it home for America. All right. Well, um, I'm gonna go so quickly uh, with Inter uh, at Monza. I do like Inter again in a gritty win two to one. I think they'll take care of Monza. And I'm gonna predict the exact same scoreline: Juventus and Sassuolo. That's 2-1 for Juventus at home. I think uh, Juventus go up 2-0, Sassuolo get one late, and that's going to be it. But I think, again, the points will the points will stay the same in terms of differential between those two. We go back into match day 21 with Inter two points ahead of Juve. So I'm going to go 2-1 on both of those matches as the favorites will take care of business. Yeah, I like I like that. Monza has a hard time scoring sometimes. Yeah. And they have a bad so, goal differential, so, man. They, they're negative one. Yeah. Negative one. They're 11th in the table. Like I told you, there's um, only, was it, I said nine nine points or something between three and 11. But yeah. they the, the problem with them is they, they have trouble scoring. Yeah. They've scored 19 in 19 matches. So I don't know if they'll be able to get one by inner. Probably do just being at home and, and, and will probably scare Inter, go up 1-0, and then Inter will freaking win 3-1. But uh, I'm going to go with a, a shocker here and say 2-0 to Inter. They won't – Mazza, they'll shut them down. And then your your prediction with Juve I like because Juve will just always give up that first goal and then they have to fight to come back. And it drives me crazy because why do that? Why give up that goal and then have to fight for your life? I'm going to say 2-1. I like your second, your prediction on the Juve match. That's a good one. Yeah, by the way, it seems like um, Tejan Buchanan from Canada is going to be ready as early as this weekend to play in this match. So oh, wow. I can see the that's, new guy play. I mean, a uh, huge signing. Obviously, Alfonso Davies was the first big Canadian signing, obviously going to Bayern Munich just a couple of years ago. And then his footsteps follows Buchanan. So Canada – uh, Maple Leafs, yeah. man, um, on the map here with 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 some footing, 
the one I want to know, yeah. Nick, uh, is Calgary versus Bologna. This is on the road. It's at Bologna. Excuse me. It's at Calgary. Bologna, or basically, it's 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 50, 50, 50, 50, 50 all the way around. Yeah. Uh, 31% yeah. Calgary to win, 38% Bologna to win, and 31% to draw. This is fifth place versus 17th place. There's 17 points that separate them. I mean, if you're, if you're going to challenge for a top four, if you're Bologna, these are the precisely the kind of matches you have to win. I'm going to predict Bologna win this one two to one on the road at Calgary, and so they're going to get their their three points that they desperately need to keep pace with AC Milan and Fiorentina in the race for Europe, for major Europe, I should say, uh, Champions League. Cagliari only loses to top four sides at home uh, this season. They've only lost to Inter, AC Milan, and Roma. Um, they, they've they've won three, drawn two out of their last five at home. Uh, and Bologna, they, they, they need to get a win. It's going to be very close. I'm going to go with the draw. I'm going to say 1-1 to just mirror their Bologna's last uh, – match scoreline there and uh Cagliari keep their uh their um home losing non-losing streak alive and they keep it to six we get a one one draw here oh that's gonna be devastating for Bologna big time they've just been so bad the last two or three matches I mean I would love to see a win but I I watched their last match and it was just they won by a by a hair by the skin of their teeth they got that goal in the 90 plus five and to get a draw i mean they are scraping along so we'll we'll see man i I hope for the win but i'm gonna say one one just because cagliari's home record is is not that bad that's fine and i will say this one last note on city odd there is um there's a meeting that's going to be taking place city odd could be shrinking nick from 20 teams down to 18 oh wow that's that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, is it, it might be a money thing, maybe. I don't know. Since the 04-05 season, there have been 20 teams playing in Serie A. Prior to that, there had been 18. Uh, the current oh. format of competition means that each team plays 38 matches twice against each other. And let's see, naturally, there are important advantages to having more teams in the league. This gives two more teams an opportunity to compete in top flight. Yeah. Um, but on the I other hand, the contribution votes. of the larger league to fixture congestion has increasingly become a problem. So it sounds like it's um, – so Beppe Morata, who is the inter-CEO, he, he has cited this as a problem. First and foremost, teams in European knockout competitions are particularly hard hit by this problem. And naturally, it's therefore teams who regularly qualify for such competitions, a.k.a. Inter, who favor the proposal yeah. to reduce the number of teams – in Serie A. So, of course, you know, clubs like um, Kyrie and uh, Salonitana don't want this, but clubs like yeah. Juventus and AC Milan and Inter Milan and they and, Inter, and Lazio and Roma, they're saying, yeah, get the hell out of here. Yeah, so it's smaller clubs are against it as they will uh, suffer more lo- or suffer losses, but 14 votes are needed for the decision to be made. I'm seeing this now. Yeah. So I want to say – France already made this decision, and France also canceled their League Cup. So France made some big changes that other teams could likely follow, like Italy or other uh, domestic leagues. So, yeah, man, France is uh, 
cut it down and they cut their league cup, will Italy be soon to follow? Only only 14 votes out of how many? I don't. I guess 14 votes is each club gets a vote. I'm assuming. So 20 clubs, only 14 are needed. So we'll we'll see, man. Could be could be could be tight there. Yeah, yeah. Make Serie B a little bit more crazier. You know, you it makes it harder to get up because you have more teams down there. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's going to crowd. It's going to crowd the field for sure. Um, you know, Germany's been eighteen teams for a long time, so they, you know, they've been able to yeah. handle it. But um, yeah, it does also. I mean, makes the the competitions a little bit tighter, right? I mean, you're getting rid of two minnows, yeah. so you're going to have it's, it's yeah. going to it's going to increase the quality of the eighteen that are up there. I mean, people are like, well, it's two clubs, but. Those are two. Those are two clubs that probably shouldn't be there in the first damn place, yeah, or barely, no, or barely are there. So, I mean, it, 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 it yeah. yes, it create it, it, un, it unclouds the fixture list. It makes it easier for everyone to get more breaks and get a, a little bit more breathing room. Um, I think it makes the competition a little bit more elite, and not, I don't want to say a little bit. I mean a little bit, not not a whole lot, but a little bit, um, and. Yeah, I think that it it I mean it's less wear and tear, right? Even if it's just four matches, it's less wear and tear on 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 the legs and the body and everything else. So I I, I don't I don't dislike this at all if they go to eighteen. I think you yeah. know, like I said, they had it once before two thousand four, two thousand five was when they went back to twenty. So you know, just yeah. going back to what I felt like previously when Serie A was at eighteen clubs, it was the best league in the world in the mid to late nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. I'll say this, man, if Germany does it, follow it because Germany has it figured out domestically. So yeah, if that's what they've been doing, then you just, you got to follow suit, man. Cause they, they have one of the best domestic systems that I see hands down. And and it's funny. They only have one domestic cup, right? League cup, like the, yeah, Pokal. just the day people call. Yeah. So, yeah, man. I mean, France is following that. Why not join them? You know, just do the 18, man. You're you're absolutely right. That's not a bad idea. Well, Nick, we've come to the uh, the end of the line. My glass is empty. Yeah, it's mid-January, and we're getting to the business end of things here, in, especially in Europe. So, everybody, yeah, absolutely seatbelts on, table trays up, get ready for the ride. I am going to shut the lights out, get out of mom's basement, and... Time, time to knock it on out and we'll see y'all next time yes sir see you next time everyone have a good one